Thank you for accepting our invitation to join the Bible study for August 19th, 2020. I encourage you to engage in God's Word on a daily basis. As Pastor Metz asked recently, if you received a letter from Jesus, would you just let it sit unopened? The good news is we have all received that letter. We even have a name for it. It's called the Holy Bible. The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus and helps us to live into our vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, our gracious Heavenly Father, you have gifted us with your living word. Open our hearts and minds that we may be drawn to the wonderful story of your Son and our Savior, Jesus. Help us to open our Bibles and meet Jesus on a daily basis. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. How small are we and how mighty is our Creator God? Oh, and how do we thank Him for all He has done for us and has promised to do for us? We are sinful and fall short of being perfect as Jesus was. The good news is, through Jesus, our sins have been forgiven and our eternal home with Him has been secured by His blood shed for us on the cross. Two of the passages I'm using today point to the grace and mercy of God and the third passage points to how to respond to God's grace and mercy. I use the Taking Faith Home bulletin insert for my daily scripture reading. The passages are related to the lectionary text for this coming Sunday. Today's reading reminded me of just how great our God is and how he does work for the good in every situation. Today's reading is the culmination of the story of Joseph and his brothers and his father. Joseph was 17 when he revealed his dreams of ruling over his brothers, and that seeded the hatred in most of his brothers that led them to sell Joseph into slavery in Egypt. Joseph was 39 years old when his brothers came to buy grain from him during the time of famine. God had a plan that would ultimately save his family, even though it took 22 years to be revealed. The culmination of Joseph's story is found in Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. And here is the reading. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence! So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you 
For two years now there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him, weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. Wow, what a culmination to a story. Another one of my personal favorites that describes God's greatness is found in Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 12 through 14. And here is the reading. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him knowledge, or showed him the path of understanding? Wow, how, how insignificant are we compared to all the vastness and beauty of God and his creation? Well, we may think we are insignificant, but God surely thought we were significant because he created us in his own image. How do we thank him for that? How do we thank him for creating us? Well, let me tell you a story. William Beebe, a naturalist, and then President Theodore Roosevelt, used to spend time together at Roosevelt's home in Oyster Bay, New York. He called his home Sagamore Hill, and it was also known as the Summer White House. Quite often they would go outdoors in the early evening and gaze into the sky to locate the galaxy of Andromeda. Then Roosevelt would point to the sky and recite, This is the spiral galaxy of Andromeda. It's as large as our Milky Way. And one of a hundred million galaxies. It's 750 light years away. It consists of 100 billion suns, each one larger than our sun. After that, Roosevelt would smile and say, now I think we're small enough. Seeing the vastness of the universe revealed to them how small they really were. God's people are called to be humble. Should we dwell on how insignificant we are? No. 
Do it the same way Roosevelt and his friend did. Don't dwell on yourself. Dwell, dwell on something bigger than yourself. You humble, you become humble by forgetting about yourself and looking at God. True humility is not based on your smallness, but on his bigness. It is written, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, what is man that you are mindful of him? Get lost in the bigness of God, and being humble will come naturally. If we truly want to give thanks to our God, it will be done with a humble servant's heart and an attitude of love toward our neighbors. I remember when I was a young boy growing up, my gamma would tell me that God wants us to love all our neighbors. I thought, wow, that sounds pretty easy because we didn't have that many neighbors on our street. Little did I realize that she and Jesus were referring to all mankind when she said neighbors. We have so many opportunities to love our neighbors every day in our communities, states, nations, and around the world. You may be wondering just how you can love your neighbors. As a friend of mine, Mark Tidsworth, said, he has a term called holy experimenting that in essence means just do something with a loving Christian heart and see if it works. Just identify someone in need of love and do something for them. In my own personal holy experimenting, I have found that some of the smallest acts can have the hugest impact on someone in need. A short text letting someone know you're thinking about them. A quick phone call, a handwritten note, a simple visit are all acts of love that will let our neighbors know that they are loved. Love is not a commodity that is bought and sold. It is a God-given gift that we are responsible for sharing with our neighbors. And by the way, when you're sharing the love of God, don't worry about it being depleted because God's love is never ending. We show our thankfulness to God by sharing the gift of his never-ending love. There's a gratifying benefit of sharing God's love with others, and it comes from the blessings you receive from those in need. Blessings come in many forms, a simple thanks, a hug, tears of joy, a pat on the back, and the ultimate joy of knowing we are helping live into the kingdom of God as described by Jesus. I should offer a warning here. Sharing God's love can be and is contagious. Jesus had something to say about this to his disciples before his ascension when he gave them a new commandment that is also given to us. This is found in John chapter 13, verse 34. And here is the reading. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And I love this quote attributed to C.S. Lewis regarding your self-esteem. And here it is. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. If we follow this advice, it gives us much more time to think of others. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we appreciate the many opportunities you give us to return thanks to you 
by serving our neighbors. Often we see the need but turn a blind eye, and for that we ask your forgiveness. Let us be ever mindful of the needs of others and help us to do something about it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may God bless you with a servant's heart, so you will go in peace and serve the Lord.